You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 225, brought to you by DCBS and Summit City Comic Con, audible.com. Go to audible.com slash iFanboy for your free audiobook and a 14-day trial, and iFanboy listeners like you. fanboy.com pick of the week podcast it's episode 225 my name is connor kilpatrick and i'm here with ron richards hello and josh flanagan hello there we are at fanboy.com and we like comics we read comics and every week we read a bunch of comics one of us picks the best one they read they write it around the website we talk about it here in this show along with the other books of the week and other topics of interest it's a review show so we like to reward reward you guys by reminding you that doesn't make any sense but we're moving on this is a review show we'll be talking about the books of the week and so there'll be spoilers, so skip the books you haven't read yet or come back when you're done. It'll be more rewarding for all of you and for all of us. But, um, before we get started, Connor, are you, in a, are you in a suit in black and white with your hair slicked back? Or you don't have any hair, but are you smoking? Damn it, yes. <laughs> are you about to play jazz records? <laughs> I, um, I've decided to model my entire life after Don Draper. <laughs> got a pocket square. And you, and you got a fancy new microphone. I do. <laughs> I feel like you could tell me a lot about Wes Montgomery and Miles Davis. I'm actually, I am holding a, a tumbler meant for whiskey, but it's got water in it. <laughs> That's sad. It's crystal. So <laughs> here, here, you can hear it. Nice. There it is. All so, right. Josh, you had the pick of this week. Yes, I did. Um, this was my first adventure in being a fathered pick of the weaker, and it didn't come out as early as I would have hoped. And that's all that. Did I it change about. your perspective on comics? Was, there, oh, was yeah. your world different? Listen, now, now everything's different. I'm going to start talking with real moral high fortitude and all that all the time. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I read my stack of books, and it was one of those weeks where uh, it wasn't immediately apparent um, what was my what my pick was going to be. And I went back and forth, and I was between this, uh, between Batman and Robin number 10 and uh, Powers. Batman and Robin being something I read really early, and Powers being something I read really late. And, uh, and then I remembered, I was like, wait a minute, when I read Batman and Robin, immediately, like, you can tell this is a thing. When I read something, uh, and within a couple of pages, I feel the need to write something or tweet about it. Like those first three yep. pages of Damien in the boardroom, I was just like, that was genius, and I wanted to tell the world. And I remembered that, and then I started thinking about all the other stuff I liked from the issue, and then it became very easy to me. I write the whole thing up, I go to the website, and I, I look, and I go, wow, this, this, this is overwhelmingly the pick of the week for the community, too. And that never, Josh Flanagan, populist, that not never, your father. That never, ever, ever happens with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was pretty pleased about it. Um, and you know, when I went, when I got, went to write the review... You know, things started popping up left and right that I really liked about it, and um, I don't know. I guess I found myself surprised because some of the, you know, I like Cameron Stewart, but I don't know if for me, I don't know if his art fit very well with the stories. And then there was the the tan incident. Um, the art here was great. Yeah, yeah, it was, and 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 more so than that. Um, let's talk, we start with the uh, art by Andy Clark. Is that you know he's no Frank quietly. These panels are a lot less uh, dynamic and a little more a little more plain, but stylistically. Uh, between the pencils of Clark and Scott Hanna on inks, it really just looked like it fit in with the stuff that Frank Quietly did. The models. Of yeah, the when characters. I when I was when I read this, I found myself thinking, "Wow, I wish he'd been the guy to fill in the entire time." Yeah, because it really fits the world. It makes it really it's it's an indefinable aspect of the world that Quietly's created that really fits in. Tan's art didn't fit at all. Mm. Uh, even Cameron Stewart's art, which was really good, didn't really fit like this one does. Yeah, well, the, it's one just of the, the styles. Clark, similar. Clark is uh, he's a 2000 AD artist. I looked him up, um, and he'd just done I think the Rebels book for DC um, yep. that people were very excited about that I didn't read. Um, it, but you know, it has those little those little scratchy hatch lines. I described it as a sort of a cross between Frank Quitely and um, uh, Kevin O'Neill, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It almost looks of, like etching. Yeah. Uh, and it, it fit really well. There are a couple of pages where, like, um, Talia looked kind of strange. Yeah. In a couple of places, but besides he, that, he aged her. He aged her older than she should be. But other than that, it was looked good. But besides that, like the, the you know, Damien looked like Damien uh, as he had in the in the in the first series, or the first three issues, and I really appreciated that. And even uh, Dick as Batman had that. You just 
seems slightly smaller, slightly more compact, a little different than than Bruce as Batman. Skinnier. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, like I said, right away, my favorite thing about this in the first issue that I think I picked the first one as pick of the week too, way back. I'm not. You did. I, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and my favorite thing about it was the relationship that was going on between Damien, Dick and Alfred. And this was just more of that, but evolved. Um, I love that Damien as a character had, had evolved in a little bit that he's got this grudging acceptance and, and, um, affection for for dick grayson and and at one point you know they're they're starting to unravel these clues about how to find batman that and that's another thing we're going to talk about is sort of the plot that has been set up here but you know at one point he just says so if we find him that means we don't get to be batman and robin anymore and and he's just like he looks kind of sad and and bat and and batman's like i guess not but you know you don't think he'd put up with you the way that i do and then damien got all sad and he said i'm joking and he's like no you're not joking and just, so they have the best. They have the best one-two relationship in comics right now. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I can it's, see that. It's very fully formed. It's very real, and it's evolved over these ten issues, mm-hmm. these ten months or however many months it's been. It's it. You know, when when these two started, everyone hated Damien. They wanted him off the book, and we and, and a lot of us said, you know, hold on. The whole point is you're going to get to like him eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the story arc. It's going to be about liking Damien, and we're getting to that point where he's still an insufferable little snot. But you start to like him. But there's a glimpse that. of, you know, he's he's being a little more respectful to these other characters who you really like. And, and, and that's just that little chink in the armor, that little glint in the distance that there could be something more to this character. Yes. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to watch that evolve. It's fun to hear these characters talk to each other and, it's you know, to have them interact with Alfred. And then at the same time, you've got this, uh, the, the return of Bruce Wayne plot starting up where you learn that Bruce is trapped in time, as we kind of knew, but he's been leaving clues. Uh, and they find secret rooms in the, in, the, in the Wayne Manor, and there's all these portraits of, of male Waynes from the past, and they, have, they all look similarly. And, of course, that ties into some of those covers that we've been seeing. Um, and and it's just, it was just... It was very masterpiece theater. Yeah. It, it, it was, was very, like, the giant gloomy mansion. They find a secret room. There's a suit of armor. There's a statue. There's a painting. There's a book. Yeah, I loved it. It was very much like that old school detective, like Agatha yep. Christie, uh, Her- Hercule Poirot sort of uh, vein. I really enjoyed it, that aspect a lot. Yeah, and it was just it was just fun comics, and I just found myself. And it was the same thing that I thought earlier. You know, he's been really consistent in tone from the beginning of Batman and Robin up through here, uh, Morrison. I mean, in that it it feels like the same kind of comic, which doesn't feel like the same comic that he was doing on Batman before that or whatever else he was writing. Like this just has its own flavor its own vibe and it's one that i've I've really enjoyed almost surprisingly because it's so it's just kind of whimsical it's slightly whimsical it's not quite realistic it's fun it's it's a little like it's got like you said it's got that mystery thing going on Uh, it's just really good comics and i think that you know as i wrote my review if don't get hung up on stuff and just read this for what it is you know it exists on its own you don't have to read anything else just read this story and enjoy this for what it is and don't don't get stuck on details and things like that. I'm not even sure if there are things like that, but just just a, a stellar, uh, fun read and uh, a really good something that looks like it's going to be fun. It was a great setup. He's doing a really good job of weaving a lot of different elements into the plot. There's the back, you know, there's there's like not just A and B plots. There's C and D plots. There's the flashback to Talia, you know, brainwashing her son to kill Dick Grayson and then. It, enacting that plot and then there's there's Oberon Sexton the Gravedigger. We don't do you know, know what he's all about, do you but know he's who that awesome. Is? is that somebody oh. who's Oberon Sexton the Gravedigger, that's a name. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful name. And it's cool and I think, you know, that's another mystery to 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 try to solve. And he's got lots of different balls in the air right now and so far that it's all working. And especially I thought this was the best issue since the in the first three. This was by far um and I've enjoyed the I've enjoyed the last arc as well, but this was really great. This was like back back i mean the last arc was sort of a diversion they went to england it was a fun arc but this is sort of back on track to where we were in the beginning with with bruce and damien and dick and damien working together trying to find bruce and and i I was really pleased with this one Mm -hmm. um so you know it was kind of an easy pick when i when i thought about it and i was i was actually really pleased to see that everybody else really liked it too i thought that was like a it was like a nice collective experience i think where everyone was sort of on the same page no you talked about Powers number three being your alternate pick or your your close second, and I don't I don't like to go in for comic book conspiracy theories because I often think they're just 
they're baseless and people from you know people who just need something to talk about. But you cannot convince me that Brian Michael Bendis wrote Powers Number Three. Why? <laughs> it was it was one of the worst things I've ever read. From uh, definitely the worst issue of Powers I've ever read, and one of the worst <laughs> issues I've read with, with Brian well, Bendis's name on it. It didn't have any crackling dialogue. That was very th- it thudded almost. It, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know if I would go that extreme with. Well, first off, I thought, and it will go as we go. There's a theme. I, I think there's a theme throughout this week. Is that there's a lot of creator owned non soup. You know, like this was a big week for these kind of books, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. But um, but this issue felt off to me for some reason, and Way I, off. I and I don't know what it was. Um, I, I and the art, you know, the, on on the art side, I mean, a lot of people have been raving about the car chase and the scene in the rain and the the car flipping over and the the panels of Walker's head flipping over and stuff like that. I thought it was all right. I still don't understand what the new powers format is. I, it's I not mean, new. I mean, it's the same one. They're just using the same. It's format. on the cover. It says all new story, new format. It's said that since they changed over. Two issues ago. No, I but still no, don't know what it is, though. No, no, they started doing it before. It was when they switched to the it's longer more pages. Page yeah, yeah, more pages. Not, anyway, but and that was when in the I don't know the thirties or whatever. Well, I mean, the reason that I would have gone with it, I just I was I actually really loved the art in this one. I thought that yeah. this was pushing beyond. Like I've loved Oming's art on on this book all along, and I thought this was just pushing it in, in sort of a a new fun direction. It just felt different to me. There wasn't much. Yeah, it, story. everything felt different about it. I mean, yeah, there wasn't much story at all, and it, everything felt weird. And the art is different than what we're used to, but it's almost like it's it's uh, Oming's evolving in a way that I don't know I'm not sure if it's a good direction at least in my opinion it feels a lot looser and a lot rougher yes um and I don't not know polished like it used to be yeah and I don't know if I like it as much in that regard but um but I, I thought the layouts were interesting I thought I, I did think the art was 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 challenging enough in the the just the one scene the car you know the 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 car chase scene or whatever with the with this with the super proud villain um chasing him was worth it but yeah but I and maybe you're right Connor maybe it just felt off I read this book and then I read Ultimate Spider-Man and I've been reading, you know, we've been reading Bendis books for over 10 years now and I just, yeah. the dialogue did not seem like he wrote it. It seemed like somebody trying to write his dialogue. It didn't crackle. It didn't, there wasn't, the, the, there wasn't the signature banter and not, 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 it's not that he can only write you that. Know. There, there was you know. banter there but it wasn't, it wasn't like he wrote Wait it. Wait a minute. On the inside cover, it does say created by Brian Michael Bendis and Mike Avon Oming. Yeah, it doesn't say who wrote it. It doesn't say who wrote it. That's a very interesting theory, my friend. There, I, I don't. I, I was halfway through this. I said, "Wow, first of all, he didn't write this." You know, I bet you. I bet thought, you he did the story. I bet you he did the story. Mike Oming wrote, wrote the dialogue. I because Oming's been doing more and more writing. I bet you that's what's going on. Yeah, I was really disappointed and I'm upset at the end of this because, you know, this has been one of my favorite books for ten years. And at, at the end of this issue, I thought, "Wow, I don't want to read this book anymore." Yeah! Wow, we're through the looking glass here, Connor. <laughs> I'm glad I think you pick it. I think you convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> I, the dialogue said, is not there, and it's it's it's, it's not you know Bendis is nothing. He's a dialogue artist, and yeah. it was just not there in this issue. It was every issue, every dialogue, every piece of dialogue was somebody calling somebody else a fucker or a cunt or a bitch, and, and you know, it, it, it kind of reads like an Oming book to be honest. I think it about does. it because I've been, been reading like, God uh, that, Complex, that Cross Bronx Expressway book that yeah, we read. Yeah. yeah, Cross Bronx, and I've been reading God Complex, and this is this. And now that you mention it, <laughs> Christ, <laughs> I think they just pulled a fast one on us. That's disappointing. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you can tell the art. Yeah. I agree with Ron on the art. I think the art is different too, and it's not as crisp as if you look at the old Powers books. Crisp, it's different. Crisp aside, though, I re- I really enjoyed the layouts. I thought it had a huge a huge amount. The of art energy. is bigger. The art yeah. is big. There's and, there's more two page spreads and things like that. The art is much. I feel like it's 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 you know if that's the new format, okay, cool. Like it's bigger, mm-hmm. um, and it definitely goes for a non standard kind of comic book kind of layout type thing. Um, and yeah. I, I mean, I, I felt like I got my four pages worth on, in terms of four bucks worth in terms of that. I remember well, it's forty one pages, forty one pages of story. Oh. There's no letters page or anything. Yeah, totally. I so. and, I, yeah. and I enjoyed that part about it. Um, yeah. All right. But like I, you know, I didn't pick it. It wasn't quite there. And you, you know, you may have nailed it. There was a, there was a couple of clunkers in there. Because it was like, baby, please. I'm like, he's yeah. gonna write that. Unless he was writing Luke Cage before he knew how to write black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take it away back. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he wrote that. I really don't. Wow. Wow. Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Over in DC, it was a big. It was a big Batman week. We had a Red Robin, Batgirl crossover. With they both came out this week, so we had parts one and two of the story. And I was really excited because I think Batgirl is a great book that not enough people are reading. And I was, and a lot of people are reading Red Robin, or at least comparatively. And I thought this would be a good chance for people to pick up Batgirl and really see how great it is. 
The problem was the normal Batgirl artist, Lee Garbett, who's great, was not on the issue. Instead, we had Talents Caldwell. Ooh. And the result was that Stephanie Brown grew many cup sizes, and oh. she got a couple of injections of, of uh, stuff into her lips. And it was just – it was very distracting and very disappointing. And I opened the issue, and I was sort of went, oh. You know, because Lee Garbett has been doing this great – you know, uh, in the same way that Power Girl is like a real woman, it's similar to the art style on Batgirl. She's been a real girl, athletic, you know, the the frame you'd expect an athletic young girl to have. And here it's just, you know, boobs everywhere. And it was just like, oh, disappointing. And then we got to Marcus Toe on Red Robin, who used to be the inker and is now the penciler. And he's great. And he draws her more like a real girl in this issue, in the Robin issue. So the change was jarring from part one to part two. And... Just disappointing. The story was fantastic. I think the they've gotten over the hump of everybody being mad at Stephanie Brown, and they've finally gotten over that, and everyone's sort of come to terms with the fact that, you know, she lied about being dead. Oh, we're over that now. So I, th- I think if you wanted to get the story, the story was fantastic. The art in Red Robin was fantastic. The art in Red Batgirl was not so good, but overall good stuff. And if you like sort of sexy banter between two exes, that's what you had in this issue, and, and it was uh, really fun. And if you don't read Batgirl, but you did read Red Robin, you should check it out anyway. And cool. Yep. So, um, so Criminal Number Five uh, came out, and, and similar with the theme of powers and some and these other kind of creator-owned books. And I, I haven't really been jazzed about Criminal in a while. Like this, this arc has been all right. It's been you know even with the return of the character that I kind of knew, I haven't really felt like the the excitement that I originally felt with it. I, I didn't but, get it, and I didn't notice, and then I was like, eh, I'll get it later. Right, which was well, his book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, but I thought this issue was—I don't want to say back to form, but was exactly yes. what I want out of this. No, this I think you're right about back to form. This was—I yeah. feel the same way. I've been—I've been not down, but less enthused by Criminal lately. But with this issue, I finished it. I went, yeah, that was good. This I really like this. This had this had violence. It had a a, a a scheme. It had a double cross. It had like it had everything I would think when I think of like noir, you know, kind of hard, you know, hard boiled kind of story. And then an ending where you go, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I really like this issue a lot. This was a fan. This is one of the best criminal issues in a while. And and also, but also on the art, if you look at it, um, you know, Phil, Sean Phillips did some fantastic nine panel grid based riffing. Yes. If you look at the if you look at the layouts, it's all those those three rows, and sometimes he goes nine panel grid, sometimes he goes a little bigger or smaller. But it was just like this is what I this is what I wanted a criminal every month. This issue. So, yeah. yeah. This was back to back to a couple of years ago. Yeah. Years totally. Ago. Like the in, sad thing is, if you read the the back page, they're yeah. like, kiss a goodbye. They're off, they're off for a while. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be at least till the end of the year before we get another issue of Criminal. If that, because yeah, Sean Phillips is gonna do uh, Dark Tower stuff for Stephen King. So. And then they're doing Incognito, and it's gonna come back after Incognito. So it's, it's gonna be next year. It's not gonna be yeah. But yeah. Uh, this was great. I really like this. Have, they have to make money. Yeah. No, it's fine. I yeah. No, I, I understand that. I know. I know. It's just it's disappointing. You know, they yeah. like you know they got to do Incognito to actually sell money because that sells twice as many. Well, what's what's what sucks about what's well yeah well they got to do Incognito but he's gonna go he's gonna go do Dark Tower because that that'll make him more money than any of this. Oh yeah. And that's what that's what I can't stand about the Stephen King stuff and stuff like that is that these it sucks in these great and part and this is a personal thing like I have no interest in the Dark Tower comics or the Stand or the Nth or whatever it is and they pull in these great artists that are like oh yeah they're fantastic and I haven't seen Jay Lee in years I haven't seen Mike Perkin in years we're not going to see Sean Phillips for a year it's just going to be like damn it uh, yeah but, but if you think about them. It, it, it a good for them b these are comics that are going to other people and sure yeah no I, I get it I get it I'm not questioning it I'm no, just but, like, but, like, isn't it's, it cool that those guys that like they chose those kind of artists for this yeah. kind of stuff like the people who they're going to take to the sort of the more mainstream artists are, are guys like that who aren't really you know like huge names in comics they're, they're critically big you know people like us but it's yeah. not David Finch right yeah exactly so well, I liked I liked in the back page where it said where where, where Brubaker said hey, we're going to be taking a break so so Sean can draw Dark Tower. Dark, Sean busted and says I thought we were taking a break so you could write Avengers. <laughs> That's interesting. So you know, conspiracy it's, they, number two. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's just that you know they both have to go do the work that actually pays the bills, yeah, which exactly. is not criminal, which is yeah. too bad. But uh, I liked the last part of the Sinners. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> I was. I, I'm wondering. You you added this to the show, and I want to know. <laughs> well, I'm just okay. I'm I'm fascinated by the Justice League of America and DC Comics right now in the same way that I'm fascinated by a car wreck. A car wreck. It's, it's like the Justice League of the American Democratic Party. It's so <laughs> they just can't get it to work out. 
Ron, this was a bad issue. This was, well, a bad issue on multiple levels. This on is, multiple this, levels. This is now, Justice League, League Rise and Fall, Fall special number Who, one. Now, I picked it up this. purely purely on hearing good things about J.T. Crawl and, yep. and, and hearing good things about Mike Mayhew. What I didn't know was that this one shot was spanning across three different artists, Mike Mayhew, Diogenes Neves, and Fabrizio Fiorentino. Um, so the, the art change was jarring and unexpected and nonsensical for me. Yeah. Um, but basically this deals with the aftermath of Cry for Justice, and it picks up where um, after Green Arrow murders Prometheus and basically the rest of the Justice League finds out. And this is like – I was just like, I don't know who – what what I'm – what am I reading? This is not <laughs> – this is like not the – and now like and for a moment, I, I can – I almost can understand the people who freaked out when Identity Crisis came out. Like the diehard Justice League fans who were like, this isn't the Justice League I know and like all this kind of stuff. Not that they were right because the Nitty Crisis was good. But this is just like at the end with Barry and Hal yelling at Ollie like completely out of character and like how it ends with with Barry. We have to stop him before he kills again. What? Yeah, this is a a mess. Oh, Um, It's a total mess. And the Mike Mayhew art was not good. None of the art was good. None of the art was Uh, good, yeah. This was this was a mess on all levels. Uh, yeah, just like on on every level, like on everything. And I really, you know, and I kind of I'm pulling for DC as the underdog. Like I want them to, I want the Justice League to be the best DC book. I want it to be like the 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 keystone book of the whole line. And I know it's not, but I, I just don't know what what are they doing. Apparently, nobody at, at uh, editorial agrees with you. Right. They don't, they're not pulling for it. They're like, right. oh, just whoever. <laughs> It's fine. They got they got they got Dwayne McDuffie who really wants to write it. No, no, you're not allowed to. Yeah, you know, and, and I know James Robinson, you know, has a plan and is going to take, you know, the the new league in a different direction and stuff like that. But this whole Ollie Green Arrow snapping, killing people thing just seems so. I don't know, like like a nineties, and it also is kind of funny because they've got that um, two page spread from Colgate Max Fresh celebrating great moments in DC Comics, and the moment is Extreme Justice number sixteen from May nineteen ninety six. Yeah, I don't like those ads. Yeah, I don't like those either. But um, but it, it just feels it just feels out of it feels like they came up with this idea well, last. So I don't I don't mind him killing Prometheus because there's a reason it's yeah. in character that Prometheus killed not only destroyed his city and killed his granddaughter. That makes sense. He'd kill him, but now he's going on this like. Wyatt Earp after the OK Corral type killing spree where he's going to kill everyone involved and it's just like Ollie is yeah and then it's uh, and then and Barry's getting mad at him and Ollie says well you killed the Reverse Flash after he, after he killed you know Iris and well, that's not the same it's just like I feel like we've done oh. this yes exactly exactly they need yeah. to wipe the slate clean that's that's what they had to do with Justice League and they haven't they just keep building on the mess they've already created they just need to say you know what forget it we're starting yeah. over and like the, and really what they're doing it. is they're doing a very Marvel five years ago esque you know like the you know gray area between hero and villain and what is right what is wrong you Sounds know and, like Daredevil yeah yeah to me yeah so just not in a wipe good the way. slate clean come, Justice League number one. Start the story again. Don't worry about anything that came before, and just go. And that's what they need right, to yeah, do. Yeah, just get, you know, give you know, move into a new headquarters, reopen the watchtower, Bring like do whatever vibe. you need to. Yeah, do do whatever you need to, but like ma- make vibe. it clean. Just who even cares? Just stop all this. Just be like, oh, you know, like it's comics. Just forget about it. You know, it's, it's kind of like-, like when I, I was re looking through the Captain America, the Mark Wade one, where they brought it back to life, and they didn't explain it. They just said he's back. Don't worry yeah. about it. Going forward, they just need to do that with Justice League. We're we're going forward. Forget everything that's happened. That's what they. Yeah, I, this this whole thing. I mean, I was just I was reading it on the bus, and I was just I was I was giggling. I was laughing because both from the story standpoint and from the art standpoint. I mean, like I just couldn't believe the, the, the how stiff Wally and and Dick looked in the Flash uh, Batman scene. Oh, the color. And, the, the art was not good. Oh, the art was not good. Yeah, not good. And then and then just the end of the ending and just like the totally out of out of character arguing between Ollie, Hal, and Barry. It was just like it was what? It was, it's, been, it's been far too long since the Justice League was good. Yeah, I mean, well, it's really, almost ten years. At this yeah, point. that's it's that's sort of. Well, yeah, well, I think I mean, yeah, well, maybe you're right. Actually, I mean, I, I think there have been good Justice League moments in the past ten years. I mean, that that I mean, sure, there's uh, always good moments. And, and, and yeah, admittedly, it's it's been around Meltzer. I mean, I think Identity Crisis is a high water mark, and I think also his his twelve issue running. Though I don't think Connor, I don't think you really liked it, but I think uh, that was that had energy and juice to it, and it felt good. You know, um, I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's just crazy. So, I wish but, there was whiskey. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I have to that issue again. <laughs> so if you uh, if you are a fan of the Justice League and you don't want to miss a single issue of the train wreck, 
Um, you should check out Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, you can get mail order comics. Pick your comics online on their website. They'll ship them straight to your home. They package them up really nicely. They get them to you quickly. You can pick the different uh, frequencies of orders. You can get weekly comics, biweekly, monthly. Get a big box of comics every every month and get your fill. Or if you need them, get them weekly. That's cool. They'll do that as well. They've got monthly specials about the seventy five percent off. They discount all the major publishers at least forty percent off on all the major publishers. That's awesome. And they've got a flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all U S orders. I don't know how they do that, but it doesn't matter what you order. It's a flat rate of five ninety five, which yeah, is one of those boxes. One of those boxes. Um, you can get anything that's in the previews catalog. It's basically a comic book store online, and they mail it to you. Um, they've got well thousands and thousands of trade paperbacks in stock. Um, you can track all your orders online. So check out their website at dcbservice.com. And the fine folks from dcbservice.com or Discount Comic Book Service are also uh, putting together the Summit City Comic Con. Uh, if you live in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area. Midwest, if you live in the Midwest, sure. Uh, you can check out the Summit City Comic Con on May 22nd. Uh, you can get all the details at summitcitycomiccon.com. And uh, they're going to have a, a ton of great uh, ton of great artists. I believe Jim Rugg from Aphrodisiac is going to be there So uh, okay. from our book of the month. Again, go read the review on Aphrodisiac. Go buy that book. Yes, exactly. I, I, enough people – not enough people – sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go go buy that book. Seriously, um, but yeah. So uh, so check out the Emerald, uh, not the Emerald City, the Summit City Comic Con on May twenty second. <laughs> that was this weekend. That was no, this we're, we're weekend. just back from see, that. I still got it on the brain. So, so Summit City many Com- cons. SummitCityComicCon.com. On season has begun. Thank you, uh, Discount Comic Book Service, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, begun. Discount season has. Yes. yes, it has. Yes. What? What? If it's not something's not the penultimate, but the one before that, the is there a word for that? No, the one before that. The one before the penultimate. Yeah, yeah. that one. The Ex- sleuth ultimate. Ex- <laughs> the uh, tri-ultimate. Uh, Ex Machina 48. This yep. is, we're, just, we're just saying words now. <laughs> uh, Ex Machina 48, I believe 50 is the last issue, is out and uh, shit is all coming to a head. Now, you remember last time that we talked about this issue, I said we said, hey, Tony Harris's stuff looks a little more rough in this one. And I was <laughs> yes. like, I'm cool with it. And Ron was like, I don't know if I am. And now I'm a little more like, I believe in Ron said what he said. Well, this, this issue represents, I'm so glad, I was so afraid you were going to praise it and love it. But this issue was just like, it was like a graph of like steady, steady drop. Like and it got to the point where there were some pages where I didn't even think he finished drawing. I'm I was really disappointed <laughs> because I I recently reread the first sort of deluxe edition of this, yep. and I was like I really really enjoyed that, and and to to shit the bed on the last <laughs> run. It's so sad. It's like a marathoner who collapses right before the finish line. Yeah, oh, pretty much. I mean, yeah. it really. And there are some pages in here that are close, but. It was yeah, there, there's, there are moments that are there are moments that are close. There are some figures that are like 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 what we would expect. And, um, and there was, just looks like Alex Maleev. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like um, really, it's that it's the page before the men's room uh-huh. where, the, where with the with the cops in front of the computer. We're just yeah. like, what the fuck? Like seriously, like it's like he drew half the page. And, and like, I think that the story's good. Yeah, I yeah. think it's all going really well. And and again, like. This is this is my last Brian K. Vaughn, who yeah. is a guy who's ever love. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I'm, I've heard rumors. Whatever. But, uh, okay. It's yeah. been years though. I mean, our second yeah. show. No, no, I'm not done with comics. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. I uh, hope you're enjoying your California villa. I miss <laughs> your fucking comic books. And and honestly, like. Make the issue late, but make the issue good, man. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. And it's funny because there's a couple of scenes. Like there's a scene where uh, Mitchell Hundred and his and Wiley, his uh, you know his second guy, when they're in the office together, and it's like a long shot pulled back, and like he just didn't even draw their faces. No. Oh, it's like it's, was, it's, <laughs> it's bizarre. And that was a good scene. Yeah. Like I think he wrote the shit out of this. And- yeah, and the last page looked great. It did. Last, yeah, it looked great. It was just like, what the fuck? It's like, <laughs> wow, this is a theme because uh, Superman: The Last Stand of New Krypton, which was drawn by Pete Woods, who drew the last miniseries, that like, was a drastic change for the worse. Really? In art. I don't know if I. Did you I, read this I did. I actually liked it. Uh, I, I mean, Pete Woods' art is kind of weird for me. He's like, uh, you know, he's like got a strong design sense, but sometimes things look a little like. You remember that those Chuck Austin War Machine books? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the really black stiff. and white ones. Yep. <laughs> they remind me a little of that. 
Uh, and so, well, the, the style is radically different. He had a very thin line in the last book, and it was very, it was very open and like kind of in this is the vein of Gary Frank or Kevin McGuire. Not a lot of lines, not a lot of shadow. Very, you know, bright. And this is a very different style of art. But what I liked about this, it was more that I felt really slighted by the end of the the maxi series before this. That it just was like twelve issues and it had no ending. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I feel like I was like, okay, well, this is the end of that story. And I was pretty happy about that. But it's also now a crossover with a bunch of other stuff. I, I wish it had just been one series. I think it would have been really good like that. It would have been a nice big trade at some point. But um, it, it, New it, Slash, it, Superman's back, by the yeah. way. It, well, that, and that was one of the things I really liked about it. But in the same vein, look at the cover. Andy Kubert, obviously, people really like it. Look at the weird face neck thing that yeah. going on with it. Yeah, the arts, this is, this is the week look, of weird art. Look at the right arm as opposed to the left arm. Yeah, no, the the perspective's all off. His right bicep is huge. This is, I mean, um, that's bad. Yeah. And and I looked and I was like, well, who did that? And I was like, Hubert, you're the people who teach people how to draw. <laughs> you, I mean, you don't have this, Ron, do you? No, I don't. Right, no, take, no. Go, I want you to yeah, go no, take a look at this cover at some point. It is, it, it, it's a little inexcusable Yeah, is what's going know. on. There. This looks like something I would have drawn when I was 17. You know what I mean? Like, not good. Not good. Yeah, no, it's bad. Story. It's bad. I, I enjoyed the story that. was good. The story was good. Superman's back. He's been Commander L for a year, and now he's he's quit that job, and now he's redone the Superman outfit. So everyone is complaining about that. Can now shut up. And uh, it's been fun. And Lex Luthor shows up. And he's teamed with Brainiac, and it's been a good story. It has. It's uh, it's been a really good story over the course of um, this this year. What I really liked this oh. week, though, after Batman and Robin, was Ultimate Spider-Man number eight. Yeah, you're not wrong. Which it was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> and he he should not ever let these characters go. I mean, he writes a great Spider-Man. Bendis is real strength is people bouncing off of each other. Yep, and bounce Spider-Man with with the Human Torch and with Iceman, it's and just, now it's with working. Nova yeah. is uh, it really entertaining? Yep, and then team up, put him up against a team of teenage girls supervillains, and that's even better. Yeah, because you get all the hormones racing and Iceman hitting this, on everybody. Just this, fantastic. There's something about the tapping into the Spider-Man and his amazing friends vibe, you know, like that the last page with the three of them with, you know, Spider-Man, Iceman and the Human Torch going back into the city. Just it just I, it puts a smile on my face that I that I that was on the whole issue that I read that I read this. It was great. And and who knows if we're going to see. So Rick, so the Rick Jones, you know, gets tapped to be a Galactus Herald and becomes Nova and, you know, and, and flies away. So who knows if we'll see him again. But it, this story was great. Did you see when they went to the Project Pegasus place base and they the, the full page of the girls and you see in the background there's the Infinity Gauntlet? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, I, I imagine they're setting up some sort of Galactus story. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing that for a while. They're going to fix it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. After they blew it in Ultimate <laughs> already? <laughs> the Galactus was a swarm of locusts or whatever it was? <laughs> that was Warren Ellis, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, God. But I imagine they're, they're set, Ben has been setting it up for a while with his yeah. Origins mini, but totally. uh, I love no. this. I yeah. love Very fun. This yeah. was the kind of stuff you want every week in comics. Yeah. Um, I liked Ghost Project number one, which was Oni Press's new book with, and it's it's we did a Don't Miss show on it. Uh, yeah. We talked to uh, the Jim, Joe Harris, but for me, it was the Steve Rolston art. Steve Rolston very if very rarely disappoints. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this was a killer issue art wise. Yeah. I love I love that not not only is he he's a great you know character drawer, but his panels are bursting with depth. I mean, every every shot in a room or or long shot, there's there's stuff everywhere, and it just really creates the whole mood of the environment and everything. He's yeah. he's one of those pure cartoonists. Like he can t- he does good storytelling. He does good characters. You know, I just I want to see. I wish I could see more of him than we do. You know, he, he just doesn't show up enough. Yeah. Too busy drawing Stephen King books, probably. <laughs> probably. So, um, uh, Day Tripper number four from Vertigo came out, and this was my pick of the week. And um, I fig- we've been talking about it in the first three issues. We're trying to figure out what the series is, and I figured it out. It's okay. new ways to rip my heart out and stomp all over it <laughs> in different ways. I was, was going to say, I, I was a little bummed at the end of this one. I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know how many more issues of this I can do. Oh my! Well, this one was particularly bum bum worthy. I mean, oh, the other ones. My God, know. yeah. Well, so basically, it seems as if these are all just different 
divergence of the same guy's life. Like we said, this that's the premise. Is this this guy um, Bras de, de Olivia Domingos uh, in Brazil, and they're just these different paths and avenues his life can take. And in this particular one, he's older and he's uh, fat, got a writing career, and he's got a wife, and they, they're about to have a baby, and then his father dies, and then then he drops dead of a heart attack, and just like. It, my God, this just killed me. It just killed me, and I just I'm I'm amazed at how emotional it can be. That's be- the best thing about this book. Yes. Well, yeah. the thing is, you know him now in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, but I I I thought it was really good, but it was never up for pick of the week because I was just like I I'm just too bummed out now. I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't want to keep doing this. This this one this one was a bum this one was a bum bum story and and but it was not in a bad way. I mean like in the same way that the last issue like we talked about the the moment was seeing the girl in the store and the smile and yep. like that emotion. Yep. Like I I don't what Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba are doing with their art to make a connection to these emotional moments is really special. Yeah. They are the most sensitive men in the world. They, well, they're Brazilian. This is they. They get lots of women. So, uh, in the in the they're hot ones. Yeah. yeah. We should Brazil, get off Brazilian. of this topic before we get. <laughs> whatever it is we're gonna go to is not good. Uh, Amazing well, Spider-Man good. sort of for me was in the same vein as some of the other ones we're talking about. Like I really like Paul Azaceta, uh on some of the other ones, but this one I, I didn't think it was as good. Oh, I thought this issue was great. I, I this issue, I finished this issue, and I was like, "God damn it, I'm a Spider-Man fan now!" Like, really? Like, I'm like, and this this issue ended on a. I mean, it's a down note. I mean, this is the issue basically that you know Peter gets fired from his photographer job by Jonah, and he gets busted uh, trying to help Jonah. And um, and I thought this issue was also emotional, and 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 I, I don't know, maybe you're right on the set art. I didn't notice it. I didn't complain about it, but I just I just thought it was just written so well and just flows so well. And this vulture character sucks. Like, and they, I think they know it, but somehow they Wade was able to do some make a compelling story using them. And every issue of Spider Man has me waiting for the next one. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I just I don't like this vulture. That's all. Oh, the vulture yeah. sucks. The no, character sucks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know if I liked the the like. I don't know. I don't like what Peter did, but I don't know if that's because I don't like what he did, or yeah. because I don't like that they had him do that. Yeah, I don't know if that was just too stupid for him. Yeah. Um. Well, they even said at the end, he's like, he's like, you know, I, I was, I was, I did the wrong thing for the right reasons or something like that, you know, like, and it was, yeah, I did, I did a stupid thing for all the right reasons, you know, and, and it puts him, and, it, and basically it's the classic put Spider-Man behind the eight ball, and if something's, not, you know, like nothing can go right for the guy, unfortunately, and now it's this, his, his professional career is, is taking a hit, you know, so, um, I think the Vulture's a bad character because anytime you have a character who can't talk, it's just he, he's useless. No, he's mindless, and it's yeah. it's impossible to care or relate to a mindless character. Character, I think. Yeah. You know the same. Plus, way. the original Vulture is one of the you know great classic villains. Adrian Toomes. Yep. So uh, from Staten Island. Yeah. So, but whatever. What can you do? So those are the comics that came out this week. Go to ifanboy.com/comics. You can check out all the ones that came out. You do your pull list, and then when you come back, you can rate them and review them. We have a couple of user reviews we want to share with everybody. Uh, the first review comes from the next champion who wrote a review of Punisher Max number five and gave the story a four out of five and the art a four out of five. At the time of our recording of this, about 0.26% of y'all uh, made it your pick of the week because everybody else was making it Batman and Robin. Um, and next champion says, this is a solid ending to be sure. Lots of messed up things happened that I didn't see coming. Jason Aaron is perfect at just making horrible things happen. What happens to the Kingpin's family? Messed up. How the Punisher deals with the, the Mennonite? Predictable, but still messed up. The tease for the next story? Not messed up, but damn, that image makes me excited for the future. Basically, all around, it was a solid issue. Um, I struggle with this, Jason Aaron, Steve Dillon, Punisher Max, because my impression of Punisher Max is it's like the realistic Punisher or whatever, and this just feels like a, another ultimate you know, like it's we're just doing the Punisher again. You know, don't yeah. get me wrong; it's good. No, it's, but like, it's definitely a different direction. Yeah, it, I mean, it ended with it ended with the reveal was with Bullseye showing up, and it's Bullseye with the target tattoo in his forehead, like the you know the shitty early two thousands that, that they did for the movie. That movie did so much harm. It's so it's a, a single character. Bullseye had one of the classic costumes, yeah. classic costumes, and putting that stupid fucking target that Kevin Smith and then and then you know the movie used and all oh, it just it kind of ruined but it. Didn't the movie use it first and then Kevin, then they adopted it? Yeah, they, with the, with the target. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that, I didn't think that Colin goddamn Farrell movie was... echoes through echoes through eternity. Yeah, Colin yeah. Farrell was that bad in that movie? No, no, no he, he wasn't. Was actually, he was great. He was actually one of the best parts of the movie, but just yeah. the whole. Ugh, the whole yeah. design. Uh, he was anyway. one of the best design characters. But on Punisher Max, I, j- I just don't know what they're. D- I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but it just feels like I've read this before. Well, it's the Punisher. Yeah. Well, and the Kingpin too. I mean, it yeah. was you know. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I mean, I love. No, you Mara, you but... have to definitely write about that. Yeah. yeah, you do. Uh, oh, Caroline. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? That's our answer. To <laughs> what are you gonna do? You gonna, as my landlord said to me one day, yeah, you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> I was like, that's Your true. Landlord's awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> he's like sixty, but he's built better than me. Uh, he's in better shape than any. He's in better shape than anyone. He could ride Combined. a from here to Pennsylvania, not break a sweat. Oh, Caroline wrote about breaking into comics the Marvel way, number one, and gave the story a three out of five in the art. Oh, uh, three out of five at time of pick of the week. Uh. 0.02%. So I'm going to guess one person said this was their pick of the week. I wasn't sure what this comic was when I saw it on the shipping list, but I was going to give it a pass. But my friend mentioned that there was a fun Spider-Woman story by Bendis, so I decided to check it out. Basically, as far as I can tell, the story in this were drawn by artists, discovered by a Marvel talent search. However, the writers are established comic writers, which led to some pretty interesting combination. Basically, I loved three and six and liked five and could have done without the others. Those are the numbers of the story because uh, she enumerated them in more detail. Uh, for an anthology, especially a newcomer's anthology, it's not a bad record with a variety of stories. I bet most Marvel readers will find something to enjoy here except that did you guys see this no we were in the store we're in the comic store we ran over we're like oh my god break into comics the marvel way and we opened <laughs> it and it was just like okay a story okay another story okay another story yeah great another story great another story. where's how do i break into comics that's, the marvel that's, way? I, I did, that's the secret <laughs> yeah, exactly i did the same thing i was like oh we'll have something interesting in here these seem oh. to be short stories yeah, just like, and then so that's that, the dirty secret. You can't break into Marvel. Yeah, and like, and so yes, it was. And basically, and I went back. I read the first page, and it was this was these were all stories drawn by recent artistic talent that CB Sobolski has found in his you know kind of talent searching. And in the back, there's some you know interesting comments by the artists with you know what they've been doing, and then some comments from established artists as to how, you know they're getting started in the industry. No point was there. I thought it was going to be like, hey, you want to be an artist or writer? You know, here's script pages, draw a story, or you know this like the, the old you know how to draw comics the marvel way because they use the same yeah they use the same they use the same uh uh header you know like uh cover design like the logo and stuff um at least print a page of cb's tweets and which i think they're going to do in issue number two an upcoming yeah they totally dropped the ball on this if you ask me i mean this is not breaking the comics the marvel way this was young guns or whatever the fuck they want to call it you know like uh (laughs) it just made me laugh because we were just we're all sitting there we're turning the page we're just like where how do you break in (laughs) where's the part where we break in yeah exactly well it made me laugh. So. You get to know a man named Chester. Anyway, we <laughs> want to thank Audible for sponsoring this episode of the iFanboy Pick of the Week show. Audible is the place for audiobooks. You can download them to your iPod just like you did this podcast or any device you want to to listen to them. There are over 60,000 titles of audiobooks across all genres. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy. You can sign up for a free audiobook and a 14-day trial. Um, we like to pick a book to uh to highlight that you could and i thought i would pick the book that i'm currently reading which is killing pablo the hunt for the world's greatest outlaw by mark bowden uh it's a story about uh the hunt for for pablo escobar in the uh in the early 90s and it's by the same guy who wrote black hawk down um i find it completely fascinating um because i wasn't quite paying attention to anything back then because i was a kid and Mm -hmm. pablo escobar was really 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 rich and and like the story of what Colombia was like at the time is fascinating it's yeah. really really good good stuff so i really dug that book so you can check that out yeah you can get that for free so yes. yeah. audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy you don't even have to read you can just sit there mouth open like uh and just do cocaine while yeah. you read the list of the books nice the good role, we're role models awesome <laughs> we're not role models <laughs> i know we're not let's do some emails the first email is from brandon and brandon says i've read most of alan moore's run on swamp thing a character i've always had an affinity for since i was a kid swamp thing that is and alan moore but for some reason, I never started reading Hellblazer. I'd like to change that. I picked up random issues here and there. I've read a few of jo- that John Constantine graphic novels. I dug the hell out of the film adaptation, too. So my question is this. Would you suggest returning to issue one, or is there a solid jumping on point <laughs> that's occurred recently? I love the character, but I'd like to change that love of Constantine from theoretical and, and, and unsupported to actual well-documented. So this is just a variation of where should I start with? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh? I, I've I've I feel like I've written this or put it in pod. I'm, I know I have. Um, no, it was Green, Green Lantern. No, I've done Hellblazer. I'm positive. Oh, okay. I sat on the. He did a mini on it, but before uh, Josh gets it, as, as someone who's never read, Josh has read a lot of Constantine. I've not read a lot of Constantine, but I just started reading stuff. You, you can do that with Constantine. Yeah, that's it's not it's not one of those kind of continuity based. There is sort of a larger continuity that goes on, but it's not terribly important. You don't need it. Um, I would say. There's some of the Ennis and Steve Dillon books go in an order, and those are important to read in an order. 
Um, but you kind of each writer brought a different sort of flavor to it. Um, and I'd say you pick up the ones that you want to read, but don't don't worry so much about the order, which is good because it's very difficult to tell what the order is from the books because yes. it's the trade dress are not helpful. You know, two years ago, Josh lent me all of his Garth Ennis trades, uh, which were those like five or six of them, and I read those without a problem, without knowing any backstory. And I read the Jamie Delano Jock uh, OG, and they just came out without a problem. And I read, I've got a random Azarello, I think it's Corbin trade in here somewhere that I read without a problem. So. Hellblazer is structured that way. I don't think you. I mean, there is there is a a light, larger tale around the whole thing. I think you know, sort of. But I mean, other than that, you don't you don't really need to know anything. It's not really told in order anyway. Like there's mm-hmm. some stories. Basically, every story is this: there's a demon, and John goes and tricks it, and his friends get fucked over in the process. That's every John Constantine story. Um, there's different variations on it, uh, but that's basically how they go. You know, I, I my favorite are the Garth Ennis, uh, Steve Dillon ones, uh, and even some of the Garth Ennis ones on their own. I'd say go read Dangerous Habits. That's uh, the first one. The movie was kind of based on that. And then you know you can you can skip around. It's totally cool. Uh, I've read most of it, and uh, it's not a problem. So those those Garth Ennis trades are really good. They're really really really. They're really good. Yeah. Cool. All right. So on to the next email. Uh, Email comes from Rocco who says, so I'm getting married in the near future. I need your guys' vast knowledge of all things comic related to help me out. Uh Uh-oh. Awesome. Uh, My fiance fiance isn't one for tradition. So instead of opting for the traditional engagement rings and wedding band, she's decided that we should both get something different that we'd actually want to wear and have fun with instead of boring old gold bands and diamonds. This is going to go badly. Lucky guy. Uh, Her only stipulation (laughs) – is that I cannot have a Green Lantern ring, is that would just look silly, and she would not be able to be seen in public with me. Wait. She, she did, however, agree to let me get a custom-made <laughs> Legion of Superheroes ring. The only problem is I'm having a hard time finding someone to make the custom piece of awesomeness. Would you guys happen to know where the Smallville team commissioned their Legion rings from, or anyone reputable that would do the commission would, do, would be able to commission one for me? I have a question. Yes. Yeah. What is it about the Green Lantern ring that is especially silly, where the Legion ring <laughs> is not silly? Because just give me some of the Legion superhero names. Matter <laughs> Eater Lad. Saturn Girl. Lad. Anytime there's a lad involved. Yep. Bouncing Boy. Um, yep. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that, uh, uh, I don't know, dude. That's not a good idea. It's not a good <laughs> idea. I'm sorry. I know it's not. I know it's, you know, not, you know, you're in the time of the geek and it's all stuff like that. But fucking hey, dude, you're going to be, you know. In your in your fifties, wearing a fucking Legion are you, ring, are really? You a big Legion fan? I mean, I guess if like you're a huge Legion fan. If you're, well, Paul Levitz doesn't wear a fucking ring. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to, t- t- to take a swerve with this one, but I just there are some things, you know, and you can be non-traditional, but like the Legion. Yeah. I now that said, I I, I, I I don't even think it's the Legion, just any kind of superhero ring as the. I, I mean, I, if you're really into it, I can understand. But if she doesn't I, seem to be really into it, even though she said you could get whatever you want. Well, no, that's what I love. It's like, it's like you can get whatever you want, except that one. <laughs> except the one you want. That's a, right. That's a that's a telling move. Right. Yeah. Um, um, now that that said, though, I'm pretty sure I, I saw recently there's a new set of Green Lantern rings coming out. That are supposed to be like super, super nice and Ooh. like real and here's, like you know. Here's uh, the thing, though. She said you can't get a Green Lantern ring. Right? Can you get a Red Lantern oh, ring? Oh man, that's not, that's not a good one. Yeah, you loophole. Should the, you should get the Hope one. You should get the yeah. Blue, I think. Yeah. Or, or the Sluts one. Which the, one the, the purple. Yeah, the purple. The, uh, the the Star Sapphire. Yeah. Uh, what about a, a Flash ring? It's a bad idea. Listen, I and, and I can I have a Green Lantern tattoo, and I wouldn't get a Green Lantern ring. Yeah. If that helps. If that's because you have the tattoo. I know, but like. I don't know. Like the wedding, I don't feel like injecting pop culture into. Yeah, it's, it's my <laughs> so marriage. For all the pop culture stuff in your wedding. No, no, not not the wedding. I'm sorry, but like like the, so the marriage, the, the marriage, okay. the idea of the the thing. Gordon the intern. He's got a very interesting wedding ring, but it's not like you know Crew Jones from Rad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a unique. He's a unique, and he's designed. He and he, he gave a ring to his wife that he designed, and yeah, I mean. Yeah. That that said, I'm looking on Google and I just searched uh, Legion of Superheroes ring and there's a bunch of rings out there, so you could probably find it. Yeah, but they're made uh, of pewter and they turn your hand. Uh, well, that's the, yeah. that's 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 the problem. It's, you got to find a jeweler who's who makes custom rings and they can probably if you give them a design, they can make it for you if yeah. you really want it. It probably yeah. if you probably, really want it, then go for it. That's what I say. It I won't help it, you. But. It won't help you fly. Yeah. Whew. All right. So if you have an email and uh, if you want us to uh, condemn your wedding, uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com and we'll be glad to judge you. Those guys um, at iFanboy are a bunch of wet blankets. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like I'm all, I'm all about having fun, especially at the weddings. And we said that. I mean, the little things you can do at the wedding to make it fun and, and the cake topper or something like that. But like something like that, you spend a ton, boat ton of money and really are you going to want, you know, are you going to want it in 25 well, years? And number two, I worry about this woman because she said, want you to have fun with it, do whatever you want. No boring gold bands and diamonds. But there's a stipulation. I worry about that. So well, you know the other you thing is up. there. There's a there's a <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. You guys, I'm sorry, Rocco. It's not there's gonna work a contingent yet. of people who want to go out and have the 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 Klingon wedding. Right. <laughs> and I am not that, but I get that. That's real. Yeah. That happens. You know, you want to sure. dress up like Amidala and yep. You know, you and McGregor. Then then you know, more power to you. Mannequin, come yeah, on. Mannequin, mannequin. Yeah. Sorry, I, I it's all out of my head now. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't never happen. Never happened. Never happened. What are many I don't know. I literally don't know. Shut your dirty mouth. All right, <laughs> all right. So on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail has got a question about one of our favorite writers. Hey guys, this is Brian from San Antonio, Texas, and uh, I just had a quick question for you concerning Greg Rucka. Um, I happen to love his stuff. Uh, didn't really get turned on to him, and honestly, until until around checkmate when you guys were talking about it. And, but from then, I've pretty much gone back and picked up most of the stuff that he's done from Queen and Country, Wide Out. Uh, I even, even realized that going through some of my back issues that he's done some of some of my favorite runs on books, like when he uh, took over Detective Comics right after No Man's Land. That was one of the, the better runs. My question is, is, how come nobody seems to either recognize that he exists or it, it just seems like whenever I bring him up at the shop, everybody kind of looks at me like I don't. Like, they don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, you know, aside from his run on Detective, you know, Gotham Central was amazing. Uh, Checkmate was amazing. So what's up with that? Is is there some sort of grand conspiracy against Greg Rucker or something? You know, I don't, I don't understand it. I think he's one of the best writers, and it seems like he, he never gets his due. Brian, don't worry. You're not crazy. Those people you're talking to are crazy. <laughs> because 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 Rucka is great. Rucka's and I think uh, doesn't everyone know that? I mean, let me, like, let me ask you one question: What kind of rings are those guys wearing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, and I can I can guess I could see where he doesn't carry the same kind of weight that Johns is carrying now, or Grant Morrison carries. He's very he's almost very uh, uh, yeoman in his you know he does it comes in and does a job does a good you know does a quality does quality work. Um, but I've I've yet to read anything bad by Greg Rucka. He's heady. Ever. Yeah. I, I think that I think that there was a time when he was definitely considered among that top pantheon. Uh, I, I mean, from a comic shop perspective, he probably doesn't sell as much anymore for whatever He's reason. Probably, yeah, I mean, like, the, the, although they say how Jeff Loeb sells comics and all yeah. this stuff like that. I don't know if Greg Rucka sells comics in that way, but um, I mean, he should. Detective I agree with you. He's, yeah. he's easily my top five, probably top three, you know, yeah. favorite guys writing comics. Um, so... You know, you're not alone, and, and he's real good. You know, hey, at least he's getting work. Yeah, he's not. And guys are real good. Don't always sell books, and that's the stagnant nature of the market, which is yeah. a whole rant. I'm going to go on it before I quit the show. Who's the Red Hulk, though? I must know. <laughs> I have to know. All right. So, uh, if you have a question about a creator, uh, you can call us. Leave us a voicemail. One eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Leave your name, where you're from. Try to keep it to about thirty seconds or so. And uh, people call in. It's been a little light on the voicemail this past week, so we want to get. We, I know we skipped it uh, the past couple of weeks, so make sure you call in, get your questions on the show. Maybe, maybe we'll give something to a really good voicemail. Maybe we will. Ooh, that? Interesting. Huh? interesting. I don't know how maybe, we'll do that, but okay. We'll that's right. I got books. What Logistically, that's a nightmare, but okay. Just, yeah, but sure. We'll figure. Hey, all right. <laughs> Call me. Uh, <laughs> Emerald City Comic Con has just happened theoretically in this. Yeah, we had a great, awesome, we had a great time, fantastic. I, what happened at that panel? I mean, my Remember God, that thing with the guy, Ron, and, and then thank the you to everybody who came out to the panel, came and said hello to us. We had an awesome time, so we appreciate it. Love Seattle. Go to Emerald City Comic Con next year. Make your plans now. Uh, get over <laughs> and buy some shirts. We got shirts for you. You want shirts? We got Battle Pug shirt and the uh, exclusive Fear Agent shirt. The only Fear Agent t-shirt uh, that, that you can get as approved by Rick Remender, drawn by Jerome Pena, and designed by someone very special. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get that at ifanboy.com slash store. Uh, and don't forget uh, to check out being an iFanboy member if you want to help support this. I know that there was all sorts of news about about graphically and all that stuff, but uh, 
you guys are still making it happen. I don't want you to think that we don't need you. Like we said before, uh, you really help uh, make make uh, iFanboy happen and, and pay the bills, quite honestly. Uh, you can be a member for $4 a month or $42 a year, uh, or and you'll get a prize pack and a sticker, button, things like that, and a comic book. Don't forget that comic book. That's key. Uh, or $10 a month or $100 a year, and that's sort of the higher end, and you'll get a T-shirt along with that. And with those, you'll be eligible for all the gifts and stuff we've given out and prizes, and there's there's a lot. That has happened, and a lot more coming. So don't miss out on that stuff. We're probably. And get- I want to reiterate the uh, comic book is you don't always get a good one. Right, but that's part of the fun. It's totally in fact, part we of the think fun. that's kind of fun to yeah. send you a really crap. And one. I love it when I see people on Twitter talking about the comic they got and what they thought of it and stuff like that. So please, you know, like say, spread the word when you get a comic and tell. It doesn't it. reflect on you. We don't yeah. send you. Bad we're not. Comics. We're not deciding. It's totally random. We're just we're reaching nah, into the long- every once in a while. I mean, like when we saw Tom Cater's envelope. Well, yeah, but- he got a bad comic book. <laughs> <laughs> he got maybe the worst comic I've ever had submitted to me. Uh, and but no, uh, not saying what it is. <laughs> but and we're gearing up for some uh, some more big giveaways. And also, as you know, if you haven't if you haven't become a member yet, you've been thinking about it. Um, now that we're working with the folks at Graphically, there's gonna be some cool stuff uh, coming your way. So definitely become a member. So jo- yeah. Josh saw the leading tower of giveaways when he was over. <laughs> Frightening. It's, yeah. a, it's a load bearing t- stack. Uh, <laughs> I the, depart- the Department of Building and Safety is going to come in. No, he, he won't let him in the door. He's like, no, no, just stay over there. Stay over there. And like, what's that creaking? What are the absolute nicks? Go away. Go away. Um, is that the basement? Yeah. <laughs> Dunk. Just, what happened? My room fell through. Uh, I actually wanted to take a quick moment before we do any of this stuff and just say thank you to everybody out there for all the really uh, kind well wishes and congratulations I got over the past couple of weeks uh, from when my son was was born and uh, it was a little hard for a little while, but everything's okay now, and uh, it's r- incredibly heartening uh, to have so many people who don't really know me um, send me so many like really kind words and things like that. I had people send me gifts and, and stuff, that, and that's that's amazing, um, and it, it really, really touched me, and so in addition to uh, you know just all the stuff that you guys normally do, I just wanted to say thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Cool. That's You're all. welcome. Not you. You didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Awkward. Anyway, Awkward. moving on. <laughs> check out ifanboy.com. You can read Josh's pick of the week review, and you can check out all of our in-depth comic book discussion, the latest news, the latest Avenger you've never heard of. <laughs> all of it is happening at ifanboy.com. You can go to ifanboy.com/slash/about for our social network links. Be our friends on all of our different social network websites. And we have a video show that comes out every Wednesday on ifanboy.com or revision3.com slash ifanboy. Last week was a look at inkers, letters, and colorists. That was a damn fine show, if I can say so myself. And which I thought was interesting because uh, we talked about some letters and colorists and, and inkers and uh, Chris Eliopoulos, one of the letters, friend of the show, he tweeted st- thanking us for mentioning him. But the real unsung heroes, he said, are the production people who put the comics together. So I think that's our next show that we got to do. We got to we got to look. We're going to start talking about the guy in the mailroom. I go into Quark. <laughs> <laughs> the receptionists, the the security guards, the and, yeah. and the interns, the mail, the lunch, the lunch truck guy on the corner. A lot of people involved in making comic book people. A lot of people. Yes. So, anyway. Vladek, he's good. Next, he's good. Next week we're doing a war vault, so we're going into the vault, all about books involving war. What is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Say it again. Uh, if you got a question, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. Any questions, comments, any thoughts you want to share with us, we love hearing from you. So write and call in, please. Write us an iTunes review. It's a really good way for people to discover this show. Uh, if, you haven't ri- if you've written one but you haven't written a review for uh, the video show or the Don't Miss podcast or anything like that, maybe, maybe go in and do that. Or better yet, if you're in the comic shop and you hear some people talking and you think, hey, I bet they'd like this show, let them know about it or uh, you know, just anybody. Spread the word. That's that is really really helpful to us, and that's a very easy thing for you to do. And so, thank that's you. The key. Yes, and uh, we, we forgot to mention the iFanboy Don't Miss podcast, uh, which is on a separate feed. If you go to iTunes, you can search for iFanboy, and it'll find it there. And um, be sure you subscribe to it every Monday. Come out. We're talking to a creator about a specific book coming out this week that we mentioned earlier. Josh talked to Joe Harris about the Ghost Project number one from Oni last week, and this Monday, uh, Chris, our good friend Chris, is talking to Tom Fowler about Mysterious the Unfathomable. The trade paperback oh, comes out. Go get so, that. Yeah, yeah, we got we got an advanced copy of it, and it's it's a nice trade. It's really it's a good it's a good package. So, um, yeah, so check out Don't Miss and and write a review of that, and and just swarm over there because that's a good show too. So, all right then, 
Well, I got nothing. I know. <laughs> I'm <rough>. done. <laughs> we collapsed much like, much like uh, the art in Ex, Ex Machina. Yeah, exactly. Normally, wow. Normally, they were pretty good when like one of us goes quiet, somebody picks up the slack. At that time, yeah. we were all just like, I hope someone else says something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good time to say goodbye. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Thank you. Thank you.